Want some candy? Brian! You come here right this minute. Mommy, I saw a girl! Want some candy? Want some candy? I am from beyond. Listen, and all you desire will be yours. Welcome to Spider-Man and the Secret Wars. Prepare for battle. It was a defensive exercise. Yeah, best defense is a good offense. Welcome to Prattle World. I'm your host, the ever-amazing, ever-spectacular Spider-Dan. And in this podcast, I spotlight entertainment's best-kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring. And welcome to another edition of Secret Defenders, where I task my guests to defend their favourite movies that are underrated, infamous, or obscure. And I have the matador of the mandatory Marvel and DC here today to defend one of his favourite films. It is, of course, Max Byrne. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me, Dan. I'm absolutely honoured to be on this show. As you know, I'm a huge fan, a, a patron of this you wonderful are a show. And I, I just wanted to say again, thank you for donating all the money you can. I really appreciate any, you know, I, I honestly didn't think anybody would would bite. I thought I'd be up there for a year with, with no biting, but I really do appreciate anybody that can give. Um, and that's one of the reasons as well, since you, I was on your show, I thought it, I, it would only be fitting that I have you on mine. But because because you talk about comics so much, I thought we'd change the pace a little bit and and talk about a, a cult classic of, of yours, a favourite of yours. And why don't you tell everybody what that is going to be? It's going to be the much maligned and quite unfairly in my eyes, 1990 science fiction, action, horror, classic, Predator 2. Predator 2. And good show. I think, I think uh, again, sequels are often a little underrated or, or kind of pushed to one side, um, you know, being that the originals are usually so, so strong and so good. And I think, I think this, is, this is one of them. Why don't you explain the plot of the film and then we'll talk about your defence of the film afterwards? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. So, the, the, like I said, the film came out in 1990, but it's actually set in 1997. So it's kind of a sort of set in like a quasi futuristic sort of retrograde future setting. So it's not too far in the future, but it is futuristic for its time slot. Um, so it's set in effect 10 years after the events of the original classic Arnie blockbuster. Um, so it's set in, other than the first film, which is set in the jungle, this is set in Los Angeles. And Los Angeles in this film is in sort of the middle of a big sort of drug, gang warfare between the Colombians and the Jamaican voodoo posse. Um, and it, there's also a, an enormous heat wave hitting the city at the same time, which, you know, predators are drawn to heat and conflict uh, when they're on their sort of game hunts. And a predator, a new predator, obviously not the same from the first film, as obviously he meets his sticky end, spoilers, um, decides to go a hunting into the big city and obviously in the midst of this drug war the cops the LA cops are struggling to make any impact into it and keep law and order in the city and one particular cop Lieutenant Mike Harrigan played by Danny Glover is sort of the alpha male uh, cop that the predator sort of zeroes in on as the sort of the 
pride possession that for his trophy cabinets or starts eliminating people sort of in and around him before warming up for this sort of mono in mono clash at the end um there's all kinds going on in the background there's a good crack government unit sniffing round headed by the wonderful Gary Busey who are trying to sort of capture the predator and study it you know they've got first-hand knowledge of the events of the first film which we'll get to later um so there's a lot going on there's a great cast of characters in this some great actors some huge performances um it's not a subtle film by any stretch of the no, imagination no, definitely no, it's not but, but then what do you want it's predator yeah. 2 for god's sake it, well any of the predator franchise you don't you don't want a subtle nuanced kind of movie do you really you want you know explosions galore gore left right and center and great predator kills and you get them in this film i think i think it's a great film that merely suffers in comparison to the classic original in my opinion, uh, on the last on the last podcast, I was talking about a little bit about Psycho Two, which I I actually think is a really is a good strong sequel. But obviously, mm. in comparison, in direct comparison with Psycho, obviously it's not going to hold a candle. But as a sequel and kind of on its own strengths, it is still a very good film. And and I think there are a lot of sequels like that. I think I think you're right that this I think that this film does suffer from. I think a lot of people are disappointed Arnie couldn't come back or wouldn't come back. I think that's probably the main mm. disappointment people have with this. Yeah. Um, I think I think Danny Glover is a is a great actor. I think he's good in in the role. I think he's good in this role as well. But I think the main hurdle for a lot of people, you know, with sequels as well, you would kind of want some form of continuity. You want some form of 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 things evolving and changing and, and moving on. And you know, we see this with like you know Halloween three and things like that. People don't like too much change. Like a little change is fine, or you know, shake it up. And that's the problem with sequels and reboots is that you you want to change it a little bit, but you don't want to change it too much. And then you know, if you, if it's too much the same, people are going to complain, and if it's too different, people are going to complain. So that's that's always the issue you have, I think, with with carrying on a a potential franchise or or a follow up to a a very you know popular movie, you know, be it rebooting Ghostbusters or whatever. Um, and I think that's the main hurdle for for most people. But I think when you when you go past that, it, you know, on its own merits, you know, it's it's not it's not bad. What's what are kind of your favorite elements of the movie itself? Like mm. do did you do you like that it moved from a kind of jungle setting to more of an urban jungle or a concrete jungle, if you will? Yeah. Uh, I did, yeah, because if you set it in the jungle again, you just rehashing the first film aren't you completely and that you'd you'd probably suffer the the lack of arnie even more if you set it in something that was virtually identical to the first film so i like that they gave it a fresh setting and set it you know in a city as, as opposed to you know in the depths of the jungle in central america or wherever it is the first film set that's good i think it puts a really nice fresh twist on it and i think you know it serves the predator character a bit more in my opinion you know gives it a bit more versatility shows it can go on the hunt in any sort of different environment as opposed to just a jungle setting it can adapt and you know uh, camouflage itself anywhere it doesn't have to be a forest setting so i'm i'm all for it are you do you like that or would, would you have liked to have seen it you know back back where they came from kind of thing i think when i talked about the all the predator comic we did a i did a top five predator comics yeah. uh, podcast i remember talking about that i like a change 
I like different, have seen these different characters, different kind of interactions with the predator, different hunts, um, different types of predator and things like that. So I always like, I like the variety. So I, I, the fact that it, they did move it to, to a city, um, I think is, is a great idea. I think it's, um, it's a brilliant idea. I think it, it works. It builds the universe as well. Like there's a lot of kind of, I, I mean, you could argue this film advances a lot of the kind of and build is like a good sequel should, you know, expands the universe, adds new elements and new things to the lore and the legend of, of the predator species um, and things like it is adding and, and evolving what the predator franchise would be. Um, so yeah, no, I appreciate that. And I think, I think it's, Again, like you said, he is he's he's adaptable. He's you know this evolved species, you know, probably much older than human beings. You know, they've been obviously spoilers for the end, but you kind of know that they've been coming here for a very long time. You know, um, so it makes it makes sense that they would be that more much more advanced. But then again, that that's that's the great dichotomy of the predator is that they are quite an advanced race, but they're still very kind of there's these traditions and tribal aspects and um, you know. Know, uh, kind of mythology to their to to their world, which which I love as well. Um, but no, I think I think that they made the best decision um, moving it to a to totally new locale. I, I think one of the I think one of the um, original comics was they end up in like the Siberia or somewhere, don't they? Uh, their spaceship crash lands, uh, right. and that that was an interesting one to see them in the cold because they 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 were struggling a bit more because they're kind of reptilian, you know, cold blooded sort of thing. So was, that's yeah. that's interesting. Maybe maybe one of the films in the future, hopefully, you know, maybe does something like that. But no, I absolutely agree. I think it, it gives you know because I mean this particular version of of LA, this not so distant future LA where it is, you know. Uh, very much more kind of racially diverse, um, got a good kind of racially diverse uh, character set, um, which you know would would make sense, like going into the future from when they were they were setting it, um, and then also that it's. I, I'll be honest with Predator Two. I think it wears a lot of its influences on its sleeves, mm. like, if you know what I mean. So I think the city and the 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 crime ridden city and the and the cops being like underfunded and and the the higher ups not really giving a shit about the regular John kind of cops is very it's very RoboCop to me. It's very kind of it screams RoboCop to me, which is again, mm. if you're gonna steal, steal from the best. You know, I totally yeah, agree. Um and I think that does that does help it and does add another layer. And there's also that scene in the in the um the meatpacking plant or the the butcher, whatever they call it, the it, which is very reminiscent of Alien, especially when Danny Glover gets on the headset when the when the leading you know general corporal military guy freezes. Um, so I was a bit like, well, that's quite you you know you're mm. stealing quite a bit there. But again, I, I get that and understand it, and I, I see why. I mean, Bill Paxton is even in the movie. You know what I mean? So yeah, you know they're absolutely. clearly clearly influenced and and more. Uh, I won't go too much into spoilers just yet, but there's there's more links to the the world of of aliens and alien. Yes. Um, but no, I, I think yeah, on the whole, great idea to move it to to the location. I, I, like you were saying, you've got a great cast as well. You've got um, was it Ruben Blades? You've got Bill yeah. Paxton. Um, you've got Gary Busey. You've got uh, is it? I want to Adam Baldwin. I want to say Adam Baldwin. Adam Baldwin. Yeah, yeah one of Busey's uh, lackeys. Yeah, lackey. Um, yeah, just. Um, 
Is it um, what's her name? Rob, Robert Darvey's in it as well. Oh yeah, as, Robert uh, Darby, as, the, yeah. as the police captain who's Dick Glover's like ball busting superior. He's only in about two or three scenes, isn't he? But he's uh, yeah, he makes his presence felt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love a bit of Robert Darvey as we talk, I talked about Maniac Cop over the uh, over the Christmas <laughs> yeah. holiday. We were having yeah, a good, yeah. good laugh about Robert Darvey and his performances. Um, but yeah, and uh, Maria Conchita Alonso. That's who. That's who I forgot. Um, she's great in it as well. Um, it was kind of a ball busting. Uh, Again, like there was a little bit of aliens for me as well when when Bill Paxton is like um, where she's he's having a dialogue with with Maria and he's like uh, she goes like how are your balls and he's going oh well they're fine how are yours maybe yeah. made me think of like Hudson and Vasquez and that kind of that it is isn't it yeah, yeah very similar fun. relationship there yeah, yeah very similar kind of, yeah they, like you said that. you know take what take what you can get you know i mean, let's not forget aliens was only out four years before this film so no still that's very, fair f- still very fresh in the memory wasn't it so oh yeah you know why not you know yeah and i think so, i think robocop 2 came out the same year as this as well so i think right yeah might have been might be the year of sequels i think this year uh, this particular year but tell us tell us more tell us more about the reasons you you like the movie and that you think it should be held higher aloft than it already is well like you said a bit earlier it massively expands the mythology doesn't it of the predator world because if you think back to that first film you learn very little about what the creature is and what it's doing it just so it just kind of is there in the jungle isn't it and you don't learn what its motivation is or anything about it sort of you know the race it comes from it is just there it's takes out the the military unit and then you know has the fight to the death with Arnie at the end and comes a cropper but in this one you learn so much more you get to see it's the first time you ever get to see a predator ship in all its entirety you let's not forget at the end you see about eight predators at the end there when they face down with Danny Glover after after Mm. the final fight you know so you learn these sort of traveling packs and you you get this wonderful exposition scene with Gary Busey's uh, G-man Peter Keyes from the NSA or whatever he's from is who's who does this it, whole think, speech? Is it otherworldly life forms? I think is the association he's with o- OLF or something o- OWLF, something like that. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When he's and he, when he's trying to sort of explain it to Glover, otherworldly life forms, and Glover's looking a bit vague. He goes, "It's a fucking alien or something <laughs> like that." Just in case, just because the penny hadn't quite dropped, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, Gary Gary Busey is the the master of the understated and the understatement in all of his films. Obviously, um, yeah. he's a mad, he's a mad bastard in in an in an off camera on an off camera he's a bastard. he is yeah he is um, but he is he is great in this film let's be fair mm. he is really good in this film is it i mean i did read initially that obviously before they couldn't secure arnie to come back peter keys basically was kind of a, a, a rewrite substitute for dutch to come back and and that dutch would have been kind of so this anti-hero character that peter keys is he's sort of less less he's not a villain in it is he let's be honest no. but he's kind of villainous isn't he yeah if dutch had been back he would have obviously it would have been a much more substantial role and he would have shared top billing with danny glover and all the rest of it and you know probably the end would have been very different so they had to you know, when it became very apparent Arnold wasn't going to come back, they had to sort of rewrite the, the script and, and overcome and adapt that situation as they came up with Keyes. But Keyes is a great creation. I love him as a, as a sort of a government spook, you know. And th- that, like I said, that exposition scene where he sort of lays on, government have been aware 
of the Predator coming to Earth all this time. He, he's got first-hand knowledge of the events of the first film, which I love. I love it when sequels, although this is a standalone adventure and obviously doesn't feature anyone from the first film, or, or does it? I'll get, I'll get to that in a minute. But, you know, it directly links back, doesn't it? I love it when they reference events of the first film and things like that. It's, um, it's really quite clever. Um, but yeah, in terms of no one coming back from the first film, they cut it out. But that scene where he's in that sort of trailer truck with Glover and he's telling him what the actual situation is, those video screens in front of him there where he's watching his men sort of spraying down the slaughterhouse and yeah. preparing it to, to spring the trap. And he's, ta he's talking about, oh, 10 years ago, one of his kind, you know, eliminated a special unit, special forces unit in Central America. On that screen there, there's footage of the girl from the first film uh, Anna, the the lady they capture from the guerrilla camp, but she kind of tags along. Oh, yeah. And she survives to the end and escapes on the chopper with Arnie. There's footage of her there being interviewed, but they cut it out. And, but apparently there's one frame where you can actually see her, like a, you know, like a, a head and shoulders shot, portrait shot of her, like a video, like a sort of like a deposition kind of shot of her giving her evidence as to, you know, what, what was going on. And they, apparently they even shot footage of her going back to the scene from the first film where the explosion was and, and showing Buse's unit, you know, where it all happened and things like that, but they cut it all out. But she did film that part apparently. So it's a shame that she, you know, they couldn't have at least found reason to put that in. And then it would have given the, that even more, that sort of connective tissue between the two films. I would have liked to have seen that. Mm, yeah, that sounds, that would have been nice. Sounds like when the, um, when they cut uh, Michael Bean from Terminator 2. Do you remember that? Yeah. That dream sequence where he saw, he's like, you've got to protect our son, Sarah, you know. Um, so that, yeah, that would have been a nice kind of callback. I, I read on IMDb that apparently it's, it's kind of uh, subtly kind of hinted that Keyes actually made Arnie's team go in to flush the Predator out. Right, yeah. So he was the man behind mm. Carl Weathers, kind of thing. Yeah, behind the kind of yeah. yeah what, what he was kind of just he's putting them in there. Knew there was something or something was amiss, and then they kind of, which I think is quite a, quite an interesting thing that they knew they actually knew was sending them in for a reason. They knew there was something. Um, yeah. So yeah, I quite, I quite like that that that's hinted that it might be him. I think I think he, you know I did I did say before he's a bit he's a bit mental uh, old Gary but <laughs> but I think this is this is probably one of his more reserved roles um, you know to be honest um, yeah but he's yeah he's great and he he does he delivers all those those kind of lines and the the exposition it's not like a dump of exhibition that's like oh here we go it's kind of like it it does link back and you know and it ties the kind of this film and that film together because mm. obviously there's quite a fair bit of time has passed between you know 10 years has passed Ten years, between yeah. the two um why why were all kind of like these future kind of dystopias all set in like 1997 they all seem to be like like it wasn't escape from new york like 97 or something, something like that something like that yeah yeah, yeah. I'm I don't sure, know. They I'm must sure have thought it would be a bad year. Yeah. Forget, 1997 was supposed to be Judgment Day, Terminator 2. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you that go. was supposed to be the day the bombs dropped. Was, I knew there was another one. I knew there was another one. Well, yeah. there we go. There we go. Something about 97, guys. Just, I mean, I mean, I can't remember what happened in 97. Was there any big <laughs> horrific events? I no. Think. My Maybe 18th not. birthday was in 97. That might have been horrific. <laughs> <laughs> but, other, but other than that, no, not that I can remember. Oh, dear. 
I, I, I love that this film kind of gets straight into the action. Like it doesn't, it doesn't wait around. Um, it's, you know, it starts with the kind of, the, even the opening is quite interesting because you start in the jungle, you hear the jungle drums go in, you know, you know, and you hear that. And then all of a sudden you kind of come over the trees and then you see the city of LA. Uh, and then it's just in the middle of this horrific gang war um, that's just going on. It's like, like I said, it's like guns going off. It's like Robocop. It's just, everyone's just heavily armed in uh, in LA at this time and and I, I love you know Danny Glover's this huge like he's a bit like I'm glad they got somebody who was who was a big guy like he, he was he's not he's not Schwarzenegger but he's he's like I still wouldn't want to fight Danny Glover I still I still wouldn't want to have a punch up with Danny Glover because he would destroy me like he's for example if you cast Bill Paxton in Danny Glover's role, it just wouldn't work. Like, there's no way you would think, as much as I love Bill Paxson, there's no way you would think that he's a challenge for the Predator. Like, he could, you know, put up a decent fight or or, or the, the Predator would see him as a worthy adversary or worthy game to hunt. You know, it's, it's not, it's something wouldn't really track there. So I'm glad they got somebody who, you know, he has the kind of, you know, you, you we've seen him in lethal weapon. He has that kind of ability to kind of carry himself. Um, and, and, you know, in this, he has, a, he's pretty much kind of dirty Harry meets demolition man, isn't he? In this, yeah. he's, he's like, he's just like, it's got no, he doesn't care about the rules, you know, he'll, he's constantly like, you know, not, not listening to his superiors. He, li- he literally goes to fight like Robert Darby after he like tells him off. Um, it's brilliant. I, I love him, and he just doesn't doesn't give a doesn't give a solitary shit. Um, no. But but he's just, the you know, archetypal gets the job done kind of cop, isn't he? He's a maverick. You don't like mavericks in this police force. Um, oh, no. <laughs> it's yeah. great actually. There's a bit where they re- where um, after that, and his, his captain is sort of being dressed down by Darvey's um, higher up, and and there's like. Um, a profile on the computer screen of like his police record. And it says something like he's 40% more aggressive, shows 40% more aggressive tendencies than a normal cop or something like that. It's like, how would you calculate 40 being 40% more aggressive? It's it's, I know it's in the future, but still, but um, yeah, yeah, he is that so- kind of, like you said, that dirty Harry he plays by his own rules, but highly effective at getting the bad guys, isn't he? Yeah, and and he's got like a crack squad, like uh, you know all all of the other actors. Like I'll be honest, I think Ruben Blades is the, is the best name I've ever heard in my life. I think it's the, one of the coolest names anybody yeah. has ever had. I, I'd, yeah. I'd love a name like Ruben Blades, um, he but he too. he's great as well. Even though he's you know spoilers, he's not in it for very long, but he plays yeah. you know he plays a substantial part. And I think he's probably he's probably the most detective of the detectives in the police force. You know, he's like he's figuring stuff out he's calculating um because like during this gang war well again another good thing about about predator 2 is you know you have all the setup with the last one in the mystery and then the 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 reveal of the monster at the end and the alien at the end but this you're like you've seen it let's just get straight to it just like you know and everyone's getting strung up and chopped to bits and you know stabbed and what have you and then and I love that bit where it's like, you know, it's very much like how could someone skin somebody and then carry them up and hang them 
uh, while he skins skins them alive sort of thing. I like I like that kind of explanation because it kind of, you know, if you hadn't necessarily seen the first film, you know, and you've still got a little bit of, of kind of going, okay, there's something not quite right about this and kind of leads into the other stuff. So so I, I think his character is kind of well needed within within this. Um, yeah, and definitely. It gives Harrigan that emotional connection doesn't it because you learn that they they're old friends they came up together on the force and all the rest of it so he he um his death really hits glover hard mm. and that you know he takes it personally and he's almost has this he obsessively is sort of going even you know before he realizes that you know um Buse tells him it's a fucking alien mm. before you get to that point you know he's hell bent on bringing this guy in isn't it mm. he doesn't care because he's made it personal so it's exactly. good that he, reuben blades his character gives it that personal motivation because otherwise you'd be thinking well stay out of it mate you know yeah. <laughs> but the fact that don't go anywhere his friend no yeah. exactly he's like there's a, there's a great bit in the there's a, there's a couple of really well there's a few quite a few good bits throughout the film but one of one of my favorite bits was when he's in the he's in the graveyard and then there's the little kid and it's like want some candy <laughs> you know that that whole thing and he's got the pla- he's got a plastic uzi and he's like brr, brr, and i was like i couldn't remember if i was like does he kill the kid because he thinks he's armed? Like, because yeah. that because that's one of the rules that's up in the first film. Um, you know, it's been it's been about it's been quite a long time since I've seen this, so I kind of forgot like a majority of the middle of the film. I remember the end and I remember the beginning, but kind of mid middle of the film I forgot. So I was like, is he going to kill a kid? And then obviously he recognizes that it's plastic, and then it's like, want some candy? And then he record like records or imitates the want yeah. some candy, um, <laughs> which which is great. Um, but then. He he leaves, I think he leaves Reuben Blades, is it Reuben Blades necklace? Yeah, or, it's yeah. his necklace, yeah, that he was wearing, yeah. I like that because it's either it's either like it's all it's either out of respect, because obviously he's at the graveyard, he's you know, he's he's paying his respects to Reuben Blades character. Um so he leaves the necklace either out of respect or kind of like come and have a go if you think you're hard enough type thing. Which I, which I, you know, I'm not sure which one it is, but I quite like trying to figure that out and try and get in the head of of the predator and his kind of honor code and things, what they will and will not do. Um, another great bit is um, uh, Maria 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 Alonso, her character. He goes to kill her, only to realize she's pregnant. Yeah. And then he he just leaves her, and she goes into like shock uh, throughout the whole thing. So it's nice to have that little bit of kind of, you know, it's 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 not like you know you're not going oh he's all right the predator's okay, but it's 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 interesting that you know that these kind of some of these monsters are not quite that monstrous if you know what I mean they won't go that far like mm. killing children and and innocent people and things. So it's nice that there's there's kind of there's rules and regulations even within the the predator world. I know, I know there was, um, there's, you know, there's very, very, very bad predators. They get like hunt, hunted down and the, they police their own kind sort of thing in sort of the comics and stuff. Um, mm. So it's, it's interesting that, that they keep, they keep that and hold on to that. So yeah, I, I like, I like kind of the hints and, you know, trying to figure out its motive and why would it kill that person? And, you know, what, what's, why did they think they needed to kill that person or feel like they had to kill that person? But I, I like that it's kind of, it's almost tightening the noose around Danny Glover's character because yeah. he's, kill, he's killing everybody he interacts with slowly but surely until he gets until he gets to him eventually. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's kind of the first film where he, he picks off Dutch's unit one by one until only Dutch is left. You know, because it's it's identified Dutch and then this film obviously identified Danny Glover, Harrigan character as the 
the alpha male in the situation, the the grand prize, you know, say save the best till last kind of thing, isn't it? So absolutely, yeah. you know, that's why it, you know it picks off all his crew and you know the the King Willie, the leader of the Jamaican food. I love I, I love King Willie. I think he's a great. I thought he was a great character. I, I will yeah. say that that I don't think. Voodoo, from what I know, voodoo doesn't come from Jamaica. I think it comes from kind of Haiti. Um, oh, right. I think, I think it originates from Haiti. I don't know if maybe it's carried over there or maybe that's just a maybe that's something they just kind of like, yeah, we'll just make them voodoo. Um, but apparently, apparently there was, there was some truth in the kind of Jamaican gangs and stuff at the time because they were actually based on like a real you know, real activities. I don't know if they're in LA or somewhere else, but there was right. apparently some some real kind of truth to that to that gang warfare that was that was going on. So, so it was quite interesting to see that because often you kind of see like Russian gangs or Italian mobsters, or you know, you know, you, you don't often get to see kind of like yardies and things like that. It's I think it's got, it adds another kind of flavor because obviously most gangs are kind of more kind of. They're, they're kind of based on race or or international kind of you know brotherhoods if you will so it's nice to see like a different one but yeah I, li- I like the King Willie aspect I like that he thinks it's kind of like a devil or a demon um that's that's come to I mean that 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 happens a lot that the the kind of the alien characters are kind of related to those kind of demonic aspects and stuff and that scene in the alley where where the predator is just walking through the water i absolutely loved just the splashing of the water and you can and it's just coming for him and then you see him scream and then it cuts away and it's just him carrying away the severed head of uh, king willie yeah mid scream <laughs> yeah i mean i mean i forgot i can't believe i forgot that scene like i was like i was like this is quality this is a quality scene like how could i have forgotten this um there's a really there's a really cool bit as well with um when when danny glover first see, he's chasing the predator mm. where, he's, where he's chasing the other guy who i think is the same guy that catwoman attacks in batman returns you know in the alleyway who scratches his face I think it's the oh, same right. guy. Yeah, you could wanna, be right. Yeah, I want to say it's the same guy because they look familiar. Anyway, um, and and he 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 sees the guy sees the predator, and Danny thinks he's aiming at him. Uh, Harrigan thinks he's aiming at him, and he shoots mm. him dead, and he falls off the building. And yeah. then he, Danny Glover senses the predator, turns around, and he's, he's obviously there's a heat wave. So you've you know in in heat waves and when it's hot, you can kind of see the shimmer and kind of. Uh, like these mm. kind of almost like a mirage. You can see the heat waves themselves. Um, I'm not sure what they call that, but you know what I mean, basically. Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. yeah. That kind of effect. And I think he's kind of like, because he's he's so exhausted and like, and the heat's getting to him, but also, you know, it, it, it's either that, because he, 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 he goes, oh, it can't be anything. It's not real. It's not a thing. Even though I sense it's there, I sense something is there. Um, mm. It's like, oh no, it's a shimmer or it's a mirage or it's, you know, the heat getting to me. Um, I, I love that moment of doubt. And he's just like, am I seeing what I think I'm seeing? Is it a trick of the eyes? Um, that's, yeah, some really, really good stuff. Um, For sure. But um, in, in comparison to kind of other Predator sequels, what is what is special about this one, would you say, when you, when you look at maybe Predators or The Predator or Alien versus Predator maybe? Like what what is this one? What is this one that you think stands above the rest i think this one probably despite the ridiculous sort of high concept of being this uh, you know invisible killer alien coming from another world to you know going on sort of a big game hunting so to speak despite that this to me feels like the most grounded 
of the uh, of the films of the sequels i mean predators is you know that's set on a on an alien planet let's not forget so you know that and essentially feels in a lot of ways like a very much a rehash of the first one in so many ways you know even stuff you know like the end with the lead character covering himself in mud for a jungle standoff with a predator well that's just lifted wholesale from the first film you know and then the the the, the predator is if to be honest, that was a, I found to be a complete misfire. To be honest with you, I just think, I, didn't think I agree. Kind of work. It didn't work very well, you know. I didn't think the other than the the young boy in that who I thought was superb, mm. the rest of the cast didn't particularly perform very well. And I just didn't, you know, despite the fact that Shane Black was behind it, you can normally rely on for yeah. you know a better better quality, and you know, and obviously he's got links to the franchise from actually being in the first one as Hawkins. Mm. Um, you know, I had high hopes for that and it just didn't quite hit. But this one, I just I just think you can believe it more. You know, you've got a lead character there who's not like a, you know, jacked up muscle man, you know, Arnie figure, you know, indestructibles kind of super soldier. You know, he's like you said earlier, he's, you know, you wouldn't mess with him. He's built and he's in great shape for this film, but he feels like, um, you know, he, he feels like the kind of guy you would find as a sort of tough, you know, street cop kind of, you know, ass kicker. It's not like a massive suspension of disbelief to watch him in the role. Um, and it just feels more well-made, more well-rounded. Um, and it just it just gets to it quicker as well. Like you said, there's no slow build either, you, like you mentioned earlier. And you're quite right, because what's the point? Because I suppose the appeal of the first film was you don't know what's going on and, you know, you don't understand what this creature is until it's revealed for the sort of probably the last third of the film. But if you've seen that, you know what it is. So let's just get on with it. Let's get straight to it. And I like that. And the pace never really drops, literally. Like you said, start, it literally starts with a shootout on the street with cops getting mown down by the Colombian drug crew. And then it doesn't stop till the very end. It's just a, you know, a, hour and a half however long it is one hour 40 hour 45 something like that just non-stop there's no lull in it you can't get bored watching it you know it's the cast a great i mean some of the performances we've not even touched on i mean bill paxton in this <laughs> god rest his soul actually mm. one of my favorite actors but i don't think bill paxton was ever capable of being subtle everything he did <laughs> you know he's so well maybe in some stuff here and there but generally speaking you could rely on bill paxton to just bring the energy in whatever film he was in and this is no exception i mean his character jerry jerry lambert is it the lone ranger they call him yeah that's right um, he you know when you first meet him he's in the police station telling some ridiculous story about playing golf to some like you know, bored looking policewoman and he's trying to hit on every woman he comes across and, you know, comes out with some great one-liners. He's brilliant in it, you know. Um, I love that. And, I love that bit in the bar where he uh, he goes up, he's like, I've just got to go um, do some real police work. And he goes, yeah. he goes, hey, you're dancing with my sister. Can I have a word with my sister? And he goes, oh, wait, you're not my sister. <laughs> starts, oh, I know. Starts groping know. at her and stuff. It's cringe, but he can get, only Bill Paxton could get away with stuff like that, you know, I mean you know, it's a shame he's no longer with us because he was always great, great value and he's great in this as well and and other than sort of the, the bluster and the stupid stuff his character comes out with he's actually a really good cop, isn't he? You know, he's the one who's got the, the surveillance expertise to track keys in his team to try and find out what they're up to, you know, and he, you know, and he displays real courage when his end comes as well down in the subway, which is another fantastic set. Oh yeah. Oh, that's, that's, yeah, that's what, again, 
again with the alley scene, I'd forgot about the subway scene. I'm like, mm. why? Why would I forget this? This is quality, quality filmmaking. I quite like Bill Paxton's character because he does have kind of an arc, which I don't think a lot of the other ones yeah. get. Because obviously, he's known as the Lone Ranger because he's got this transfer and he's he's known as the Lone Ranger. And they're they're kind of a bit like, well, we don't really want to trust you. We don't want to get to know you. You know, we don't want to get close to you because all your partners have died. You know, <laughs> under and they and they don't really say like mysterious circumstances or anything but you just it's almost like he's bad luck and and these cops yeah. are a little like um you know um what's the word superstitious kind of yeah. thing um so and and he's a bit annoying and he's a bit of a it's a bit of a lech and stuff so they're kind of like there's a lot of jokes being played and there's a lot of banter and stuff mm-hmm. um but they're kind of a bit like we're just going to keep your arm's length because we're not sure about you just yet but like as as annoying as he is like he grabs the um is it Mr. The Tony Pope or something? The the hardcore guy, the the reporter. Yeah, the yeah uh, the the news reporter guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of wish we'd had a bit more of him because I I thought his you know his character might have been a bit more interesting to kind of explore or maybe he if he got more more directly involved with the investigation or maybe he had a bit of information that he could give to Harrigan or something. But uh, he kind of he kind of comes. I appreciate his his appearances and and what he's trying to do. But I was kind of like I just needed a bit more kind of substance from it. I, I imagine there's a deleted scene of him doing something or becoming more integral to the plot, maybe. But mm. but it's it's basically there just to be an annoying thing for Harrigan to punch and knock around, I think, and be another frustration in in his world of frustrations, I think. <laughs> yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah. I, I had visions of him sort of getting... I know you, the, the Predator wouldn't go after him because he's not a, a threat, not a prize, but I had visions when I watched him for the first time all those years ago of him getting killed in the crossfire or something like that, you know. Or, yeah, I guess like a blade, a blade in his neck or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he just happens to be stood in the wrong place or something and gets his face sliced off or something like that but it wasn't to be no no but you do get a a great away one thing i didn't mention as well in this film is you get a great array of the um the weaponry the arsenal that you never got to see in the first film you know all these new toys that it has that you i mean in the first film he essentially has his shoulder cannon and his um sort of wolverine claw that comes wrist blades yeah yeah. and that's kind of it really for his his weaponry in that first film but here he has like a a net that sort of razor sharp net and um that spear of course and and the the little hook thing that fires out which is stuck in the wall at least got the disc the disc yeah the 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 disc that um, is his undoing in the end. I mean, there's all these new stuff, so it's great, isn't it? I read the... um, Yeah, I I, I totally agree with you. I read that Stan Winston was... Obviously, in the last film, he wasn't involved until very much towards the end of the film, because um, obviously they redesigned the Predator to be less less like a lizard and more like a kind of dreadlocked kind of you know hunter from space type thing with all this technology. Um, but with this this film, he was like, "Well, I'm starting here from the ground up, so I'm going to expand the kind of the the mythos and the the technology." So I, I think I think once they saw this, like the spear and the net gun and the you know all this other stuff, the blade and everything and the little the little prong he shoots out that little kind of hooked prong thing um mm. i think they were like right we, this is all amazing let's show as much of it as possible let's get in all these really unique kills because i think that's that's what you want when it, i mean effectively the predator is a, a slasher movie uh slasher from space if you will um and i think i think that's part of the kind of slasher genres you get that uniqueness of the kills you kind of want that variety
society, um, or you'll be a bit like, oh, they just stabbed everybody in the in the chest. Oh, it's a bit boring. You know, you want somebody going into a meat grinder or you know a wood chip or something like that. So <laughs> you want that. You want that diversity there. But um, yeah, I, I couldn't agree. And, and it looks brilliant. What did you think of the design of the Predator? Do you think it was uh, was better than the original, or um, did it improve? Was it worse? What do you think? Um, they didn't drastically reinvent it, did it? I mean, they gave it its own look, but it didn't look a million miles away from the the one in the first film. You know, just some little flourishes here and there, which I quite like. I mean, I, you suppose I get you get to see the difference more at the end when the whole tribe come out of the out of the shadows to sort of pay their respects to Glover's character at the end there, and you can see there they all look very different, don't they? To sort of set them apart, so they don't look like a you know, set of identical twins or whatever. So I, I like the fact that they just give it, you know, they, they give them all that uniformity. So essentially the, you can tell they're all from the same sort of species, but just little flourishes, you know, little bits of color here and there, or a slightly different, you know, marking on the uniforms and that. So I think I probably prefer the look of this one to the, the first film. It just comes across as a bit more, you know, they had more money to spend on it, although it sort of backfired because it made half as much as the first film commercially. Oh, yeah, it did. Yeah, it made, I think I think I was reading this one made about fifty-seven million at the box office, whereas the first one made ninety-eight. Okay, but this cost nearly twice as much to make, mm. um, so it was a bit of a disaster, I suppose. I suppose that's why there was no Predator Follow. films after this for about fifteen years or something yeah. like that till they did AVP. Um, probably kind of buried the franchise for a bit but you can tell though that they've got more money to spend in this film you know like we said all the toys and the you know the, the effects seem to be a bit more robust than the first film although i do think the first film still holds up really well where where that's concerned um but yeah i think the predator in this film it looks something about it looks even bigger and more menacing i think than the first film i think i think they did make this predator a bit taller i believe i think i read somewhere yeah. um like a, a foot taller however it was played by the same guy uh, kevin peter hall who played right, the, yeah. the previous predator so it's i think it's really cool that they got him back um mm. he's he's famous for also playing um harry from harry and the hendersons um, oh right okay uh, also yeah. also played a mutant bear in the film prophecy uh, i think that's the 1979 prophecy film um sadly he actually passed away a year after this was released um mm. fortunately um but he he's he was kind of he's a you know he's a big guy and uh, he has a cameo in the original film as the helicopter pilot at the end as well yes that's right yeah right at the end yeah and he, I was reading as well that he was he was studying kind of African tribal dance to kind of give the predator a kind of fluidity uh, and a kind of you know almost like um, I don't know there's almost there's almost elements of like a hacker in there you know when he's like mm. spread when he spreads the arms out and's like ah you know like come and get me type of thing so there's yeah I really like those kind of those kind of more tribal hunting elements from from real life um, that are kind of injected into this kind of alien species stuff. So it was really good. It's, it was it was so sad that you know he went when he did, but um, he, he also played um, an alien, quite a, almost an alien hunter as well in a in another film called Without Warning, which predates right. Predator. But it's a yeah. kind of a very similar concept, but a um, mm -hmm. lot lot less low, but a lot more a kind of low budget and stuff. But he kind of he played the alien in that film as well um but yeah abs absolutely shame he had to go though but um yeah no he's very good i mean you know when good. you're as tall he must have been seven foot tall you know in for real and when you're that tall and you've got that kind of you know 
skill with physical movements and everything. I mean, he, he really does give so much character to the character, doesn't he? He's, you know, when you think it, I think it was in the first film initially, it was Jean-Claude Van Damme, wasn't it, in the scene? It was, yeah. A sort of pre-fame Jean-Claude. And, you know, he's about five foot nothing, uh, if, <laughs> if that. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's, complete night and day as to how you can imagine it would have been with Van Damme in the suit uh, having this guy who just he just gives it like you said so much so much weight and so much substance you know it's let's not forget it's just, it's a guy in a in a suit but you really you really invest yourself in it and believe that it's this otherworldly creature I think his performance is re- you know has to be highly rated it really does i think he probably would have gone on to do more kind of that similar role i think if he if he had mm. lived um kind of playing more kind of creatures kind of like a doug jones uh type like a mm. creature or a, or a ron perlman kind of more do more kind of creature roles um just purely because of his size i think it just kind of helps to, yeah. to have yeah. that yeah he would have been the go-to guy i think for any kind of monstrous characters get him in? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, do you like the Do you like the the callback to uh, the ugly, ugly motherfucker? Do you like that that bit? Yes, I absolutely love it, and um, it's interesting how it how it knows that as well because you know that's a direct, like you said, it's a direct callback to the first film. So you wonder, you know, how would it know that? Was there sort of some kind of recording of the the creature from the first film or something maybe everything it does is sort of logged and sent back to the mothership or the home planet or something like that so they can study. Learn, yeah. yeah learn more about humans and you know the art of hunting them and tips and secrets of how to get the better of them maybe because it's uh, uh, otherwise how would it know but it is great when mm. it says it isn't it you oh, can't it, help but laugh just, at it, it just because he goes to say it so so he takes the mask off and releases the kind of little pressure pin thing that lets yeah. all the air out and then pulls it off uh, i'll be honest i don't think the animatronics on the face look as good in this film right. uh, i think it looks a little the eyes are a bit too big for me i think it looks kind of a little a little goofy for me but um but again i think it's because it's an extreme close-up on it um it just kind of looks a bit puppety for me but the the moment where he's like you're an ugly mother ah, and he's like fucker you know he knows he knows yeah. what, you, what you're about to say but part of me, part of me thinks that you know, if if they're all recorded, then then maybe they should know how to speak, you know, speak English by now. <laughs> you know what I mean? After all these years, they should they should have a, a huge library of how to speak English on this particular planet, maybe. But um, yeah, 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 I think so, aren't you? I, I like I like the idea that they kind of record they record of how not to do a hunt uh, and send it back to the <laughs> home planet. Like, right, don't make this mistake don't make that mistake yeah. you know that sort of thing so um so i did i did i, I like i did like that callback and it was there was a few other bits as well where it's kind of like little kind of little callbacks and stuff and yeah there's a lot of the music's the same as well as well it's oh, the yeah. same guy on the alan Silvestri who did the score for the first one came back for this second one um so you, a lot of the musical motifs are the same aren't they which is good i think because it I mean, the score's classic in that first oh, yeah. film so it, it really adds to the atmosphere doesn't it and Oh, I believe you're still in that same world. It's that I think it's the, it's just the jungle drums, you know. That, that mm. every time the jungle drums come in, you're like, oh shit, you know. It's 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 you know it's it's the predator theme song effectively. I, I can't really hear predator without without the the jungle drums going. And I like that he ke- he keeps that mo- motif, even though it's it's you know it's in L.A. I quite like that he keeps that that yeah. kind of jungle, you know, fight for survival, most dangerous game type uh, feel 
to the to because it, it's it's just it, all it is is the same it's the same film just transferred to a different location it's the same hunt so i like that he just he just goes i'm just going to keep that those motifs and just carry them over change them a little bit play around with them you know it's a bit like Friday the 13th when Harry Manfredini would like he'd do a different version of the old score like he did a he did like a disco version of of the Friday the 13th uh theme which you know which is great in it in its own in its own way um but yeah I like I like that they I, I, the like you said there is a fair bit of continuity between the films even in a small way there's still there's still you can still feel like it's it is a direct sequel and it does carry on and expand that universe um uh, to greater effect so I do I do you definitely definitely agree with that um you were talking about the subway scene um mm. so i I'd, I'd love to love to go into this because i really really enjoyed that scene as well oh it's superb isn't it i mean it's you know when they're on there you think something's going to happen here you know and then as soon as you hear that huge thud and it's great as well that before it turns invisible you get that wonderful shot of it sort of on all fours on top of the subway car in sort of the flickering light and you know you ain't got a chance, basically. And it's great the way it sort of goes through the roof of the subway car and then literally cuts a swathe going through this subway. And every man and his dog's armed on that subway as well, which is quite, <laughs> quite funny. You know, it's the middle of a standoff and there's like old, there's an old woman sat in a in a chair who pulls a gun out when those uh, gangbangers are trying to hold mm. up that guy for cash and everyone's tooled up with this, that and the other. And it's great the way it just cuts a swathe. You know, you've got Bill Paxton at, sort of at the end of this gauntlet that it's running and you know he's not got a chance basically you know he's not gonna it's not gonna end well for him and it's just really well done isn't it it's all done in in darkness and and shadow and flashing light so you never explicitly see the kills you see the aftermath of them my god do you see the aftermath but it's all done through the combination of the the predator's pov with the heat vision and then this sort of sort of half glimpsed horrific killing so it's a really really well directed and well put together scene wouldn't you say Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I like the, it's kind of almost like a strobe effect, isn't it, that's going on with the flashing lights. Um, and it kind of, you know, you can see it coming towards you and it's getting closer and closer. Um, again, I love that. I love that scene with the, with all the gun, getting all the guns out. I've made, again, that made me feel like it was like Robocop, like the city has gone so bad that everyone just carries around a gun and they need to carry around a gun. But actually that scene is pulled directly from the very first, going back to the comics again, because that's that's my bag. Um, mm. The dark, very first Dark Horse comic, um, the producer, I think it was Joel Silver, I think produced, um, and he contacted, I think it's Mark Verheiden, Verheiden uh, right. who wrote the original kind of uh, Dutch's brother concrete jungle kind of storyline. Yeah. Um, and read the first issue and was like, I love all this. Um, so the whole idea of that the Predator needs to, uh, wants to go to places of conflict, places of extreme heat, uh, like that that was set up in the comic. So they pulled that directly from the comic. They were, you know, the comic invented that law and kind of added it to the film law. Um, you know, the idea of a really big, you know, hench, you know, maverick cop having problems with its, you know, his his supervisors, you know, that's yeah. in there. It's it's not Dutch's brother, but it's, you know, it's effectively the same story without it being Dutch's brother. Um and you've got you've got the subway scene where they all get the guns out and then the predator kills them all because they're armed. So he's gonna kill them. Um yeah, loads of loads of little kind of little bits. Like they didn't go. We're not going to base all of it on this, but they took a lot of inspiration from the first few issues and mm. um, and pulling that. So um, 
so yeah, and I think they had a meeting with the writer as well to kind of discuss the writing of it. So they they took those elements and added it to them. So so it's almost in a way a comic book adaptation of the Predator yeah. in a, in a sense, not not a, a dutiful one, but there are enough of those kind of famous Predator elements that you know were invented in the comic and then added to the the mainstream cinematic version, which are which are quite important. So yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, definitely, it works well. I think I think it would have, might have been a bit too on the nose if they'd have made the film Dutch's brother, yeah. um, because you would have had to have found someone. Because, like you said, the guy in the comics is 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 as jacked up as as Arnie is, isn't he? He's huge, the Dutch's brother in the comics. So you would have had to have found someone of equal size to Schwarzenegger, and then you would have had to have them to have a similar accent to Schwarzenegger. I mean, basically, the only way you could do it is have Schwarzenegger play his own brother. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and it, it, yeah, you know. Oh, but he's just you know, got he's just got a slight scar. That's why you know it's different. It's got like a yeah. Scar scar or a ta- facial tattoo or something uh, yeah. to differentiate but yeah so, I, I think I think, and I think that's a bit of a push I think like obviously in the comic yeah. it's like there's a conspiracy and you never really know what's happened to Dutch uh, because they didn't know if they'd ever did a sequel whether Arnie would come back or not so they didn't want to yeah. kind of touch that so I totally get that but yeah that subway scene is, is fantastic I love that like Bill Paxton's character like you know he he actually, you know, he saves the day, you know, he's, you know, all the way through it, he's like this bit of a, it's, you know, he's a bit of a dick, he's, you know, um, but he, you know, sacrifices himself um, and the Lone Ranger finally sacrifices himself for his own partner. So that's, you know, kind of completes his arc, you know, he kind of, he, he makes that change and, and he goes at him with that machete and he's like, Rah! you know, proper goes for him. I, 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 yeah, just love that kind of, it's just... These sequences are always all really well shot, really sharp, well well edited as well, and cut. Um, great bit of just just filmmaking. I'm I'm really glad you brought this one up because I I, I hadn't seen it in years and hadn't thought to kind of go back to it um, yeah. for for any real reason. But when you mentioned it, I was like, yeah, that sounds like a that sounds like a nice one to revisit. And I'm really glad I did because I I did I really got a lot out of, of seeing it again and I was like and it, you know it's not it's not many films nowadays that will keep me from going on my phone and this one ab- yeah. you know absolutely did and I was like this is fantastic you know all the all the elements are working together and and again I think I think it's purely that because Schwarzenegger wasn't in it that people didn't go see it that's why I think it is yeah I, yeah I think so I mean let's not forget 1990 was peak Schwarzenegger wasn't oh yeah it? you know mm-hmm. the year at, this was the year he did Total Recall the year after he does T2 which is kind of the zenith of his career isn't it Absolutely. so at this point he was probably the biggest movie star in the world at this point wasn't he let's, let's not man. forget yeah exactly I mean he still is now but he's not in terms of like a commercial entity in the box office he isn't now what he was then but he was he didn't get any bigger than Arnold Schwarzenegger back then and, and obviously the first film was so well loved as well that like you said it'd be like I don't know I'm trying to think of an example now but making a sequel to something that starred an A-list movie star and then but you don't have them in the sequel you know you bring in yeah. I mean Danny Danny Glover let's let's not forget Danny Glover could act circles around Arnold Schwarzenegger oh absolutely yeah yeah but in terms of star power he could never be on the same level as Arnold Schwarzenegger when you look at you know his CV against Schwarzenegger's box office take I mean you know lethal weapon aside I don't think he starred really had the A you know above title role in any other blockbusters other than this and the lethal weapon series films not yeah. the sprint to, i know he's been in blockbuster films but never as the 
out and out star unless yeah. I'm missing he's, 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 I think he's very good. He, he plays that supporting role fantastic. Mm. I think he, he kind of always has, um, you know, be it even being it in other action movies or um, there's a there's a there's a few of his like I'd like to I'd like to visit in the future maybe kind of uh, that I've heard about are pretty good. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I think I think he's a phenomenal actor, and again, I think he does an excellent job in this. And I, I love the the ending battle, like the climactic battle. It's very it's very comic booky as well. Like it's very like you know it goes from one locale to another locale. They're going through walls. They're going underground. You know they're jumping from rooftop to rooftop. Um, I also I also quite like that that Danny Glover has some like like his character Harrigan has these kind of issues. So, so like he's got a problem with heights. Yes. Um, and that he, and he he hates these these birds keep kind of fake scaring him and he's like I hate yeah. birds I hate birds they keep it's always a goddamn bird you know I lo- I love I love that, that he has those kind of like again it doesn't necessarily add anything to the the main plot but it's a nice little kind of character touch to have like a little just a little kind of thing and I, like I remember on the file he had it was like he's he's an obsessive compulsive as well you know mm-hmm. like you know because because that feeds into the film like when his partner dies and he's been hunted he's like i've got to finish this i don't care if it's an alien i don't care whatever i'm going to finish this and we call it an end of the day and i think that's his main problem with with keys and that because they're trying to cryogenically freeze the predator again because just get him cold and freeze it and study it and and find out more about the predator um but he's like no it's, it's got to die it is definitely got to die uh, this is it this is what's happening and you know he, he does get his wish he does get his wish in the end so uh absolutely I, yeah, it's a great fight scene as well oh, yeah. Like you said, and it goes on for ages as well. But yeah. no, at no point do you do you ever think ah, this is getting a bit silly. You know, they don't have him doing any superhuman feats of strength or you know acrobatics or anything like that. He's just relying on his weaponry and his sort of you know basic will to survive. You know, it's it, you buy it, don't you? Despite the fact that he's up against this, like we said, seven foot tall mm. killing machine, you don't at any point think. Oh come on! You know, yeah. it wouldn't last two minutes. You, you actually do buy into it, and you know the the way he's able to weaken the predator as the fight goes on. You know, the the gunshots and the chopping the arm off and what have you. You know, he sort of brings it down to his level. It's it works really well, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I think because because like Arnie is such like he's like in the first film he's like perfection he's like the most macho perfect form of of a man you can find you know there's no Mm. there's no real flaws to him he's very much like you know you take you know you see what you get um i I like that in this he's kind of the danny glover's character is a bit more like you know he takes the punches he feels the he he gets tired he get you know he is he is too old for this shit sort of thing um you know it's more of an indiana jones type hero that he he takes the punishment you know and and keeps on going that's the mm. that's the heroic but it's not like i'm so tough you can't hurt me it's like no i'm i'm in a fucking absolute state but i'm still going to persevere uh, i'm still going to win out in the end i'm going to use my smarts um and not necessarily my physical prowess to to defeat you in the end do, do you feel like the the killing of the predator in this would you feel like it was it was climatic or like anticlimactic or i quite like it because you kind of could have given like a false finish at one point right? when it sets off the self-destruct thing that, that is its end in the first film you think oh here we go same you know same ending but then he's obviously able to dismember its arm and you know the fight goes on so you, you sort of 
thinking there's the end and it's not. But that end fight is, I think it, I kind of buy it because again, you, you're not going to have like this sort of, based on the way the character, like you say, the character of Danny Glover, he's by the end, he can't, he can barely even stand, you know. Uh, so to have a, another massive fight at the end there, that you know, a really spectacular knockdown drag out fight, I, I like the fight. It's smaller. It's more intimate, isn't it? The Predator's knackered. Let's not forget its arm's gone. Yeah. It's been shot. It's had to sort of emergency patch up a load of shotgun holes in its torso oh, yeah. as well. It's it's on its ass basically. It can barely function. Glover's done in as well. He's battered and bruised. He's been slashed. He can barely stand. So it's great. That end fight is like two battered old warriors, isn't it? Rather than, like you said, Schwarzenegger who's, you know, chiseled from granite the perfect man against the perfect hunter and at that point you know the, the predators never take too much punishment during the course of the first one but here both of them are just on the last absolute last legs and it's just who's got the strength of will to to win at the end so i'd really like that fight you know it mm. kind of after all this like you said all this spectacle where you you know you're going off the side of buildings you know you you know you you're going down lift shafts and it just it ends in a small room on the alien ship, you know, rather, you know, rather than a huge explosion that levels the city or something yeah. like that, just this intimate sort of sword fight for want of a better word, you know, obviously not with swords, but with blades and it, yeah. it works really well, you know, because it is, I think that's the thing, the strength of, of the predator stories is very mano e mano, you know, it's very, it's very much like it's, it's the us two against each other, you know, who will win out. Um, and, I, I I sometimes like when when films don't end with like the world will explode in ten minutes. You know, it doesn't have to be a massive you know c- conclusion to things. It can be quite subtle and small. I, I remember watching like a documentary on the Daredevil movie with Ben Affleck, uh, and the director were pe- the directors um, was saying that the producers wanted it. They were like, it's got to be like X Men. It's got to be like X Men. It's got to be like they've got to have a more you know bombastic ending like uh, over mm. the top you know wielding and he's like he's like no he's just gonna slide between him and kick him in the legs that's that's how he's gonna beat the kingpin and yeah. i kind of i kind of appreciate that because it's kind of like yeah you know that's that that's fine with me you don't need you don't need to do always go to this kind of crazy over the top level sometimes it's just it's just a fine it's just you know it just stabs him in the heart you know it's not it's not a big to do you know he doesn't have to get a laser cannon out or anything like that or use one of the weapons against him it's just like well i mean he does but it's it's a simple kind of bladed weapon you know yeah um so why not um and yeah no i think it i think it suits and i think the the I, th- I think that set as well, the set for the, the ship has, mm. you know, I like, again, it's kind of got these old kind of stone pillars um, and the kind of, there's there's a lot of tribal elements to it as well, again, which I like. And then you've got the nice little trophy room, yes. which, which, um, which with the little tease has an alien skull in it. Uh, as one of the trophies, which uh, would be expanded upon in you know comic books and films, uh, for for better or for worse, uh, <laughs> on your, yeah. whatever you consider the Alien versus Predator, you know, video games as well. Video games quite yeah. popular. I played yeah. a few of those. Uh, did you did you like that tease as well? Oh, I, yeah, I do remember the, specifically the first time I saw that, and was just like, oh my god, I can't believe it! A, Z, a xenomorph, genuine alien skull. You know, I mean, it, you know, obviously helps that Fox own both properties, so they can you know mix and match and and do that 
Um, but yeah, I mean, you're looking around that trophy cabinet and it looks like what might be like almost, um, almost looks like a Tyrannosaurus Rex skull in there, yeah. something like that. And some weird and wonderful creatures, maybe from other planets it's been to. And also that T-Rex skull, you think, wow, they really have been around a long time, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then there's a human skull. I think it's, uh, Bill Paxton or, or Danny Boy or King Willie's. Yeah, I think, King it's, I think it's King Willie's, I think. King you Willies. see him cleaning it, I think. so. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Taking, you know, King Willie's skull takes pride of place right at the front, ahead of like an alien xenomorph and a T-Rex, you know, some tripped out bad boy yardy is the real sort of ace in the hole. Yeah. <laughs> the for cabinet. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, that is such a thrill to see that, you know, I love, I love, I'm a sucker for a crossover. I really oh, yeah. am. I, lo- oh, I love me it. Me I love to see worlds colliding and things like that. So to see that you're like, Oh, just imagine if you got to see a film like that. And then we did. And yeah, it wasn't, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't everything I'd hoped Maybe so not. to speak. Especially, no. especially the second one. Jesus. Christ. Oh God. That was, uh... Second one makes the first one look brilliant. I know. Right. <laughs> Um, no, I, I, I like the idea of, a, of expanded universes. I, I know, I know, some people might not agree. They might say it waters down both of the franchises, but I think there is, you know, there's a lot of connectivity between the two, and I think it makes sense to cross them over. Like, there's some properties you wouldn't, you know, that are that don't really make sense to cross over. But if you own them, why not? You know, Ghostbusters and Transformers. Sure, I'd read that. You know, I, I like both mm-hmm. of those franchises. There might be something there that you know, they can kind of tie into each other. I quite like the Ghostbusters uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle uh, crossover that I read uh, last year. You know, again, not really got that much to do with each other, but it, it still worked, weirdly yeah, enough. Yeah. Um, you know, and yeah, I, 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 the, the, if the opportunity is there and the idea is good and the, you know, the, the thinking behind it makes sense, why not? I think I say go for it. Um, I, I love, I love world, like you say, worlds colliding and, and you get, you know, and you get, you get more interesting stories potentially just, just for the fact that these two worlds are colliding. Yeah. So I absolutely agree. I like the expanded universe. I like the crossovers. I mean, look at the trailer. We just seen the trailer for King Kong versus Godzilla. Um, which I'm super buzzed about. It looks amazing. Mm. Looks really, really cool. Um, and again, who whoever thought we'd have that? So uh, we're being spoilt. And and luckily they're not going to delay it again. But um, but fingers crossed, we'll get it this year because I'm I'm well up for that. So yeah. yeah. Excellent. Oh yeah, yeah. give it to me. I, I like any. You know, I enjoyed Freddy versus Jason, which yeah. a lot of people weren't weren't too hot on, but I thought it was perfectly entertaining as movie you know ridiculous but it was good fun you know and i'm i'm all for that you know i'll, I'll watch anything where it brings two things together or read or read anything like that i'm all for it mate just yeah just all of the yeah just why <laughs> why not that's my that's my thing just just why not why not <clears throat> yeah do it do it uh, yeah, if it's, right. if it's if you bad, own it, cross it if it's bad you've tried oh well um you know it's better than not doing it um you know you know all the predators that make their appearance in the end no they're known as the the lost predators because those costumes got lost (laughs) that's the reason um they're not 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 lost in the galaxy or anything just the costumes became lost um do you know who played those predators i did actually read this but i'll let you say it if you want to yeah Yeah, sure it's it's the la lakers the basketball team um Danny danny glover was a friend of the team and a fan of the team and said we need we need some big fellas you're free <laughs> and they said yeah um and they they dressed up and they walk in uh, and all and and i love the variation again in the predators there's one there's one actually called 
that's they've got all got their own names. They've yeah. given them names. One of them is called Borg, and it's kind of based on the Star Trek uh, race, the Borg. Oh, um, nice. So it kind of looks a bit more cybernetic. Um, it's like cybernetic implants and a mask and stuff. So so uh, there are those kind of elements. But um, the main one, um, the, the Elder uh, Predator, who uh, bequeaths uh, Danny Glover um, the the musket or the flintlock pistol rather yeah um at the end um he's known as grayback apparently and in the comic um obviously hans is like you know you you've defeated one of ours you get to live see you in a bit mate kind of thing like you've earned our respect kind of so you, and again i like that kind of honor that kind of honor code that the predators have and he hands over a musket well, flintlock pistol as i've said um and it says 1715 i believe it says and yeah. and that in, that infers that the predators have, been, have always been here they've always been coming here it's not just a recent thing it's like an invasion and that's a good thing about the predators it never goes the kind of invasion route or the you know invasion of the body snatchers kind of you know the kind of, there's an insurrection or a you know an insurgency or something like that um incursion if you will um i, I like that it's just it's just a hunting party they're just there to hunt they might get killed in this hunt, they're, you know, there to prove themselves, and if not, I, li- I like that they've never gone like, oh, it's well. I guess they kind of do that a little bit in The Predator, but again, mm. not a good film. Too many idea, too many good ideas, not executed properly. I think yeah. in that film, um, some you know, some interesting ideas that could have, if they explored them within the film more, then I think they just kind of threw everything in the wall and see what stuck. And luckily, it was all all the shit slid off the wall which is majority of that film uh yeah yeah it didn't go well it's a shame though because i was so like you know i'd I'd love just love this franchise dan you know Mm. i'll if the rumors are true about another predator film coming down the pike now it's disney owned then i'll be there for it you know there's all kind of rumor that even Schwarzenegger might be interested now, finally coming back as dutch it's all rumor and tittle tattle because he you know he has been offered Part, he was offered a part in this and apparently he was offered parts in the two that have, pres- have followed yeah, on yeah. from this and always turned them down and probably in the last two it was probably a good idea on his point mm. but it is it does turn up in the uh in the recent predator game hunting grounds he's like a, yes. a dlc character you can buy and kind of you can play as him and he's he voices the character and it it looks like an older dutch and he's got like bits of predator armor like he's gone off and killed a few more type thing and some scars and what have you um and there's a bit of a backstory you can collect his kind of backstory um audio files type thing and um gary Busey's son jake Busey, plays the scientist he played in the movie in the predator in the game yeah who is and who is the son of Busey's character as well isn't it his son in real life and he is the son of peter keys can't remember it's Doctor Keys or something yeah. like that, but he is his obviously it's his real life son, yeah. But he's the son of Peter Keys as well. A nice little touch like that, you know. Again, it's a um, nice little, it's a nice little callback, a nice little, you know, cool little kind of just just touch to add a bit more kind of continuity to to the proceedings. And I, I, I'm I'm a big I'm a big continuity whore to be honest. I love a bit of continuity. <laughs> um, you know, I, I also you know I I don't mind the odd retcon or you know reboot here and there, but I prefer I prefer if they keep things within the continuity and they don't reset too often. But that's that's just my personal taste absolutely expand that universe i think this film does it brilliantly subtly smartly um and 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 my you know i said this in the top five predator comics as well i i'd like to see the predator in different time frames like i'd like to see a 
you know, a feudal feudal Japan predator story or a, you yeah. know, Korean War predator story or, um, you know, just think of all the kind of times in the world where there's been conflict. Mm, and, Vietnam and, you know, War would be a good v- one. Vietnam, yes, Max, yes. All <laughs> of that. I, I write the scripts, I'm, I'm sold, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. Why, why the hell not, you know? Um, I, I, I just, I think that's where you go with the predator because I, I don't know if you can expand the predator mythos any more than it's already been. I, I know that they, again, they played with a lot of ideas in the predator and tried mm. to connect all the movies together. Um, but I, I think just keep it simple, keep it straightforward, just give it new characters, new setting, new location. You know, just just do that. Just you know, I, I, again, it's it's there's other things you can do. I think within that. Um, you know, but I, th- I think that's where you go with the Fred- Predator franchise for me. Uh, I don't know what I don't know how you feel, but that's that I think is is the key now for me. I yeah, I'd, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see you know, like we've just said at the end of this film, he gives him a pistol from the 1700s. Well, let's go to the 1700s and yeah. see where he got that pistol from. You know, yeah. wouldn't that be cool? That, you know, talk about linking the the, the films. Yeah, exactly. Is if at some point he, they get that gun from some unfortunate poor soul they killed in the 1700s you know um, and that would be interesting as well to see how back then people went about trying to fight back against them with primitive weaponry exactly as opposed I- to all the films we've had they're all armed to the teeth with heavy artillery and you know firepower and all the rest of it but if you go back to a time before all that then you know how do you stand a chance against a heavily armed killer killing machine from another world how do you fight it you know yeah. I'd love and to I, see I something think- like that I think the limitations for the for the human characters will make it more interesting because they will have to think of ways to because he's got lasers, he's got this, he's got that. You know, how do they go about that? How do they defeat him? Again, it always seems to be going. We seem to be just constantly going forward. Again, this kind of this film hints that we should go backwards and see. You know, you know, I want to see. You know, the the predator on a pirate ship. Why the hell not? You know, just let's do that you know let's see what happens and and you know world war one predator story you know so many opportunities and places you can go you know there's you know all of history has had wars just go to one of them any war pick a war easy um yeah and, definitely. and I, I think those would make for the more interesting stories um and and opportunities storytelling opportunities so yeah that's again are you listening are you listening disney are you listening Pay attention because we've coming up with some good ideas here. Yeah, um, yeah. But we'll I'd we'll like see. see we'll that. see. We'll see what the future holds for the the Predator franchise. But uh, fingers crossed. The uh, there is an Alien TV series on the way, um, which I hope yes. is, is going to be good as well. I hope everything is good, really, in in life. Uh, <laughs> in the <laughs> Does future, help, doesn't it? Yeah, we I, would, don't I would, want it to be shit. I don't want anything to be shit, really. I can, no, you know, no. I hope all things. I enjoy all things that come my way. You know, be it Powerpuff live action movies. I'll watch the Powerpuff Girls in live action. And, you know, if, if it's bad, then it's bad. But I'll, I'll give it a chance. And well, if, if it's made well. Try it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, I think I think we're coming towards the end, I think. And I, th- I, th- I don't think you need to defend the film that much, to be honest, because there seems to be a lot of fans, including myself, of... 
Predator Two. Um, so mm. I'd like I'd like to go over to the uh, to the comments I've had uh, when I said we were going to discuss this film and and defend this film. So yeah. uh, so I've got um, Ben Crampton who was uh, who did our uh, the last Secret Defenders for Small Soldiers. Um, he's on Twitter, uh, not Twitter, sorry, Instagram at Attention Seeking Geek, um, and he says brilliant choice, and I'm looking forward to this. So obviously a big big fan of uh, Predator Two. Um, so yes, thank you very much for that, Ben. Um, then heading over to Facebook, another one of our Patreon members, uh, Paul Meller, is saying from memory it wasn't bad for a sequel. Not as good as the original, but some nice action sequences and Easter eggs linking up with the Alien series. Danny Glover is a bit of an unlikely match for the Predator, though I think uh, he pulled it off. Yeah. So yeah, pretty much what we were saying. Um, Paul said, "Thank you for that, Paul." Um, okay, over to Twitter now. Um, so Tony Farita is back at it at Tricycle Boombox. Um, he says, "I wonder if you guys think that Danny was miscast in this. He is just so earnest that a rogue cop doing whatever it takes does not really fit him." Would you Would you agree with that, or do you think this this rogue cop uh, character fits in with Danny Glover? Like we've already discussed, I think he plays it perfectly. You know, you buy into it. Um, I think he's, I think, yeah, he is quite earnest, but I think that helps you identify with him and kind of root for him a bit more than if he was a sort of maverick. Sociopath. Maverick asshole. Yeah, sociopath, you know, bit of a bit of a twat, like, you know, yeah. like you see, you know, these alcoholic cops who, uh, you know, cheat, cheat on the wives and, you know, um, taking backhands off the mob but then they yeah you know they'll still get the bad guy at the end you know but no this he's although he's a ass tough, kicker, tough, he's a clean tough. cop so i like yeah. that yeah he is a clean cop yeah he, i mean he, he, he you know sticks his finger up at like authority but but who doesn't let's be honest yeah. um <laughs> i know what i do in my job uh, <laughs> uh but yeah uh, yeah he's a nice guy um i think obviously in lethal weapon which he's most famously known for is he's the good cop of the good cop bad cop scenario yeah. he's, he's the stickler for the rules you know he's the family man you know i so i, I get i get that it's, it's hard to kind of dispel that performance but I, I i think you know actors when i was an acting myself i would always look for roles with variety or, or try and bring as much variety to a role because often they would get a bit stale if you got the same role over and over again so uh, i and i th- i think i agree with you i think he does pull that off i i would not want to mess with him um and i believe he is a good cop but will break the rules to protect his friends and and do what's do what's right when you know red tape tries to trip him up all the time. Um, but yes, so don't particularly Definitely. don't particularly agree with you, Tony. But it's a very very good comment and appreciate you getting in touch. And and he's uh, he's another one of my patrons. So thank you again, Tony, for being a, a patron. Um, we've got Robert. Stuart Hudson at Robert Stuart Hudson. So this is a is a friend of mine. We did a, a few plays back in the day. Um, mm. Very t- very talented actor. Very nice guy as well. Um, and he's quite he's quite the fan of the kind of geek stuff. So films and comics and that. Um, so he said he based elements of his version of the Duck character. 
uh, on Bill Paxton. So I, I, that must be a character he's played in in something. I'm not entirely sure what he's referencing, but he, he based that on uh, Bill Paxton's character in this film. And then he's, he goes, "Surveillance is my specialty," uh, which is one of one of uh, one of Bill Paxton's lines. So yeah. it's, it's nice to know that Predator Two influenced further acting roles and uh, and things in the future. So that's as well that's it should. Nice. As well it should. As well it should. Um, so nerds chatting at nerds chatting. Uh, it's a guilty pleasure of a movie. Whilst it doesn't hold a candle to the original, it's clever enough to take a different look at what the monster can do in a different setting. Plus, Danny Glover is a badass and fights a predator. Come on. Does it get any better than that? No, it doesn't. We're, all, we're almost there. We're almost there. Last one. <laughs> um, so at uh, Dave Horrocks at Raging Base UK, I don't think Predator 2 is as bad as the stick it gets, but I'm not a fan of Danny Glover in it. Uh, I just keep expecting him to say, I'm too old for this shit. So again, like we've said, it's, it's, <laughs> it's hard to differentiate from that, his most famous role. Um, but I, th- I think, again, I think he's a fine actor. So, so again, fair point. But we, I think me and Max disagree with that, but still good. So um, so that's your, your uh, Comics in Motion compatriots, isn't it? Um, yep. those, two, those two lovely fellas, which uh, they did an excellent, um, an excellent uh, podcast on Wanted recently, uh, which, yes. is a, which is a book I do not like. Um, but I did, appreciate the, uh, I did appreciate the podcast and their discussion of it and re- re-examination of it. It's good to see a different uh, opinion on something. So uh, but they've, they've not changed my mind on it, but, <laughs> but it was still... It was still a good listen. So, uh, yeah. And um, speaking of podcasts, we should uh, we should promote yours while we're here. Um, so, would you like to tell people where they can find your podcast and you on the social medias? Yeah, sure. Well, on social media, you can find me on Twitter at Maxi Burn, which is spelled M A X Y B Y R N E. If you go there, there's sort of links to the different websites I write reviews and articles for, you know, comic book based stuff. So, have a check of those. And then um, if you want to check out my podcast it's called mandatory marvel and dc but it's located on the comics in motion podcast feed which i'm glad to be a part of there on twitter at at comics in motion p is the address to find them on twitter and then there'll be links there to the uh, the feed where my show is along with a host of shows now there really is a, a litany of different oh, yeah. shows They're on all, that network and, and they are all fantastic all really good shows it's great to have a have a, a kind of comic book podcast community because i think that's what that's what it's all about comic books should bring us together and and we should talk about them discuss them in on length um you know and and i think your show's great and i've, I've been a guest on it um i will link i will link your show in the show notes as well Wonderful. Uh, um, so people can find you nice and easy but um um it's been it's been great having you on um so i just gonna i'm just gonna say where to find me because the show's all about me and i'm very selfish. it is so uh <laughs> no <laughs> um so uh you can find me on facebook so it's at secret balls uh, on facebook it's at dan underscore balls on twitter instagram spider dan secret balls and when you interact don't forget to use the hashtag prepare for prattle uh, and for everything else you need to know just head over to well swing over to uh, spider dan and the secret balls.com uh, on the world wide web wink wink nudge nudge uh, it's got reviews links and how you can support the podcast further you can become a patreon like i am jack's musings paul meller max Byrne. Uh, Tony Farina and Scott Hodgson. Big thank you to all you guys for continually promoting and listening and 
paying that hard-earned money, which I, again, really appreciate any support I can get, um, however big or small. Um, and I think I'm going to have almost everybody on the everybody who's currently a patron. I'm, I'm trying to get them all on the show as well. So you all get your own little podcast as well as a little thank you from me as well. Um, this has been fantastic. Um, thank you so much, Max, for coming on and, and taking your time out this evening. Uh, I know you're a very busy man, lots of lots of responsibilities and things going on in the world. So uh, I do appreciate you uh, giving up your time this evening. Oh, thank you for inviting me on, Dan. It's, like I said, I'm a huge fan and I'm glad to uh, be on. It's an absolute privilege to be asked. So thank you. The pleasure was all mine, sir. Oh, no, no. It was all mine. <laughs> it was all mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, we'll say goodbye um, again. Um, this has been great. I hope you enjoyed it, guys. And we'll see you very soon. Much, much more. Uh, and make sure that you prepare for prattle. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.